0: Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question how can American Christians live as Christ? in an increasingly hostile culture the way of the persecuted is the harder way and this is the harder way podcast
1: well hello everyone i'm scott
0: and i'm maddie and welcome back to the harder way podcast
1: first day of december
0: First day of December. Happy December, everybody.
1: For those of you who are sticklers for the rules, you can now put up your tree.
0: (laughs) You can put up your tree. You can start listening to Christmas music today. Put up your decorations. Yep. It's officially the Christmas season. How exciting. 25 days or 24 days. I never know how you count for that. If you count the day that you're on or if you don't. Twenty-five. If it's December 1st, is it 25 days going to Christmas? we celebrate or every day. 24 days. Because it's exciting to celebrate Jesus' birth. And uh, we're happy that you are all here with us uh, as our listeners back after Thanksgiving and here with us in preparation for the Christmas holidays. And we are back in our series. Last week was a bit of a special holiday edition, Thanksgiving edition. But uh, we're back in our series where we are going through and looking at different accounts of specific people in the Bible and looking at what the harder way looked like for them. Where were the areas where they were choosing the harder way? Were there any areas that they weren't? And how can we apply those principles to our lives?
1: You know, I have a testimony.
0: A testimony. testimony.
1: We shall overcome the enemy by the power of our testimony.
0: You know we love testimonies on this podcast. All Uh, right, share it with me.
1: I just wanted to share that um, uh, today um, was a rough, rough, rough day uh, where a lot of um, needs and broken things and problems ended with how is this going to happen? How are we going to come up with this? How are we going to make this work? I don't know, but the Lord knows.
0: Seven words of faith.
1: Seven words of faith. And I was feeling, for a moment, I was having a brief moment of, uh, you know, really, um, a brief moment of struggling with my securities. You know, we've spoken the yeah. earlier about our big place we of get challenge our idol of security. And and uh, um, I spoke to, I had, a, I had a brief conversation with my brother who listens to the podcast, and he said, hey, you're on the harder way, lucky you. You know, mm-hmm. but he said it. In a very, yeah. He said it in a very positive way. It's very uplifting, and so my testimony is is number one, just to know that you know we all still struggle, mm-hmm. and number two, to know that you know you too can be an encouragement to somebody. You don't have to be strong all the time. You just got to be strong when they're weak, and pray that someone else will be strong when you're weak, and they can give you some encouragement. Speaking of strong and weak, we're talking about Paul and Timothy today.
0: Yes, our. Uh... <laughs> I want to say character, but that makes it sound like he's somebody who's made up. Uh, our figure, our person today that we are going to be speaking about is Timothy. And we're going to be speaking a bit about uh, his ministry life and his relationship with Paul. Uh, Paul Paul will likely require a three-part episode of his own. There are a couple people who are so... Uh, their Their lives are so accounted in depth in scripture that they definitely need more than one episode. Uh, but Timothy is somebody who, despite having a couple books of the Bible named after him, um, doesn't actually have a ton that is written about him. But as I was thinking about what we do know about him and kind of piecing that together uh, from parts of the letters Paul wrote to him as well as from the book of Acts and then some references that Paul made to him in some of his other letters. Uh, Looking at the fact that Timothy was definitely on the harder way, and I think that there are some principles that we can learn from and, and apply into our own lives from his life. Okay. So first we can give just a little bit of a background on Timothy. So Timothy grew up and was raised by a Jewish mother and a Gentile father. His father was Greek. His mother was Jewish. But uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this in, in a moment. But interestingly enough, uh, despite his mother being Jewish, uh, he was not fully identified or raised as being Jewish. Right. Which is a little bit of an interesting thing. We'll talk about the details of that later. Um, but he was raised by a, by a Jewish mom. And he ended up uh, becoming saved. Uh, he was from Lystra. 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 Lystra however you want to pronounce it, or whatever works for you. Um, but he was from Lystra and it seems that his mother and grandmother were likely converted before him and were converted as kind of a direct result of Paul's ministry. Timothy then becomes converted. And at the time that Paul is coming across him, he already has a very good reputation within the Christian community in his town. And Paul is like, hey, I want you to come with me on my next ministry journey. And so Timothy actually ended up accompanying Paul on his second and third missionary journeys. And so that's where their relationship uh, kind of became established. Because Paul and Timothy were extremely close. They had a very close relationship.
1: And I think it's important to note that when you say Paul asked Timothy to accompany him on his missionary journey, He wasn't asking him to go on a vacation.
0: Right. (laughs) You know,
1: oftentimes, and this is not meant to be little anyone, but oftentimes um, American mission work uh, is really more like, uh, you know, vacation with us with a service component, Mm. you know, and, and um, uh, mission, uh, the kind of work that we do with, with uh, Bible carriers. I mean, to be quite honest, there are brief moments when it can be nice but most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's really hard. Most of the time it's uh it's it it can be extremely uncomfortable. And uh, you know, imagine you go to your you go to a hotel and you think, well, I'm in this twenty story hotel and your your room is on the twelfth floor and there's no elevator. Huh. I mean there's four of them, but none of, none them, of work. them work. And or, or maybe there's three of them, and the one that does work, you're like, it spends so much time on the upper floor, she'll be waiting two hours for it to ever get down to the first floor. So you just mm-hmm. hoof it. Or you look at a, you, you know, you look at, oh, we get to go to a buffet, but you look at the buffet and there's maybe four items and they you don't know what they are and you have to wave the flies off to get to the food. I mean, it's, mm. and so, and I, and I say that because I want people to know that when, when Paul says to Timothy, come on a missionary journey with me, it's no small thing.
0: And, and this was multiple year commitments yes, as and, well. Yes, and
1: travel in those days was much less safe and sure than it is now.
0: Mm, Much more dangerous and significantly less comfortable, Mm -hmm. even if we're thinking about how uncomfortable airplanes are these days, which they are, uh, even considering that, even the most uncomfortable of airplanes in 2023 would be uh, far preferable to any mode of transportation back in Paul and Timothy's day.
1: Yeah, which is which is hard to imagine when you've written you writing coach enough, but um, yeah, it's it can be really it it can be really challenging. It was so Paul didn't ask him to do a small thing, so just saying yes was choosing the harder way. It really was
0: because he very easily could have just kind of taken away that would be a little bit of a cop-out, but say, you know, they really need me back here at home, and, you know, I'm really important here, so I think I really need to stay. Because we do know that he was very well respected, Mm -hmm. and I think that we can kind of assume that because of his age, he was very young, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later, that it's likely that he may have been being groomed to kind of be rising up as a leader in his area because of his reputation. Right. So Timothy says yes. So that's his first step on that harder way. Well, actually, if we really want to get honest about it, his very first step on the harder way was choosing to follow Jesus in a time and in a place where the world was not friendly to followers of Jesus. Right.
1: So that's his first his first step on the harder way is choosing to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you think about... Um, you think about uh, Timothy and his, uh, his tummy troubles. Yes. Right? Paul told him to take a little wine for his stomach. So obviously the stomach was an issue for him.
0: Well, in 1 Timothy 5.23, uh, where Paul says, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach. And we always will say that, like, oh, Timothy and his stomach. But it says, for the sake of your stomach and for your frequent ailments. And so this is is saying this wasn't just a one-time thing. It wasn't just a little bit of a stomach thing. It appeared that Timothy struggled with some sort of a chronic health issue. Mm-hmm. Something that was was plaguing him physically.
1: Yeah, and in those days it could have been some kind of a parasite. It could have been a lot of things uh, that, that bothered him. But whatever it was, Paul's giving him counsel on that. And I think that's an important thing to consider when you're being asked, accompany me on a missionary journey, because you have to go out of your comfort zone. You don't know that you're going to have access to f- the food you want to eat. You're not going to, have, or the, maybe the stuff that doesn't hurt your stomach. You may not have access to the things you want to drink. Yeah. Um You may not have access to a restroom or the kind of restroom that you're accustomed to. Yeah. <laughs> you know. People
0: in different parts of the world have different definitions of the word restaurant. Oh yeah, my language.
1: first time in China when there's a hole in the ground and then they have two little places to put your feet and you squat down over the hole. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: You're like, uh, okay. Um yeah, I mean it's it's it is uh it is really uh when you start to really think about it, Timothy really was having to trust God.
0: Absolutely. How are
1: all these needs gonna be met? I don't know, but the Lord knows.
0: I mean think about what it would be like to have a chronic health condition in a, a time like that, you know, before we had so many of our modern conveniences, modern medical technologies that can at least somewhat mitigate symptoms for most, most illnesses, not all of them. Um, think about how much harder it would be back then when for most people who had those types of problems, there wasn't really much that could be done about it. Mm -hmm. You just kind of had to live with it. And so the fact that he was living with a chronic health issue, was choosing to say yes, went on this missionary journey, went on another one, right? Because we're told that he was with Paul on his second and third missionary journeys. Mm -hmm. So multiple years. And then he ends up staying and pastoring in Ephesus. And Paul uh, had encouraged him to stay in Ephesus and to pastor uh, to keep them on a good path doctrinally because there had been a lot of false doctrines that had been coming up in that area.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a point that you make up that you say sometimes, and I, I've, I've found this to be one of my most uh, favorite points that people say about the the original church. People will often say, well, we want to return to the, you know, to the original church. We want to try to be as much like the original church as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and Maddie will often point out, well, Uh, If the original church was so perfect, um, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) About it. Like the vast majority of the New Testament was written, basically telling the early Christians, here's everything you're doing wrong. Mm. (laughs) Here's how you fix it. And here's how you make sure that you're on the right path. And we know that even, even the book of John, which isn't a book of doctrinal instruction like a lot of Paul's letters, even the book of John a big portion of why it was written was to argue against heresies that had gotten into the church. And this was, you know, the Book of John was written before, you know, 100 A.D. So that was pretty early and there were already all of these issues. Well, yeah. Um, so anyway, As uh, it
1: says in, uh, I think, First Hesitation's Pete B. Peeps be cray. Peeps be cray. Peeps, be cray. Peeps
0: be cray. Yeah. <laughs> Classic uh, Bible verse. That's yes, the Not really the Bible. The new New King James. Yes. No, just kidding, you guys. Um, one thing I also wanted to talk about, and obviously we won't go too much into the details of all of this as to not wanting to uh, be crass, but Timothy, we talked about the fact that he had a Jewish mother and a Gentile father. Now, typically, it was believed, and even to this day uh, by Jews, that Judaism is passed down through the mother. That if you have a Jewish mother, you're Jewish. If you have a Jewish father and a non-Jewish mother, you'll have to convert. It goes through the mom. But despite Timothy being raised by a Jewish mother, Timothy was actually not circumcised. Mm which shows you kind of what the dynamic was likely in his family, that it's possible that he had more of the Gentile influence in his life. But here's something that's very interesting. So Paul, when he first asks Timothy to come on this journey, and Timothy's like, okay, cool, I'm I'm saying yes, I'm choosing the harder way. Paul then says in Acts 16.3, he says, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him, Because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that Timothy's father was a Greek. So Timothy, who, when he first meets Paul, we believe that he was either late teens, young adolescent, we can imagine somewhere maybe between 17 and 25-ish, the guesstimation. And Paul says, okay, so you've agreed to come on this missionary journey with me, but I also need to circumcise you. And the crazy thing about this is Paul is extremely clear in other portions of scripture, specifically in the book of Galatians, that people who are not circumcised do not need to get circumcised in order to become Christians, because that was a whole argument in the early church. People saying you needed to convert to Judaism and become circumcised and then become a Christian. A Gentile couldn't just become a Christian. And Paul corrected all of them on that. So we know Paul didn't believe that. But what he said was it was for the sake of the Jews.
1: Right. Because you know, Paul also says, I have become all things to all men that I might win some.
0: Exactly. And exactly.
1: Paul is more concerned about the gospel purpose of that than the legal purpose of yeah. that. So there's no earning. It's really, it's really um Paul saying to Timothy, you're going to have to. You're going to have to suffer
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, this because the Jews will not listen to you unless you do this. You know, and there's an interesting parallel, I think, that might put it more in a modern parlance. I hope I haven't told the story before, but there was a missionary I spoke to who had been a missionary uh, with the Quechua people, which is the Native Americans down in Peru and... Uh, down in, the, in that part of the uh, mm-hmm. of, of, of uh, South America They're not just in that one country And the people there are kind of a smaller people A lot of them work in the mines They they, they work, they do hard work, hard labor And he ministered among them uh, for nearly 20 years And he mastered the, their Quechua dialect To where he could speak it without an accent And he dressed like them He lived like them he did everything they did. He ate what they ate. He slept when they slept. He, you know, he he did everything they did. And he after and after and the people never accepted him as one of their own. And he he had decided he was so discouraged after almost twenty years, no converts, nobody had accepted him uh, as as part of the community. He decided I might as well go back to America. I, I give up. And we've all been there in ministry. We have yeah. those days where you're just like
0: you feel uh, like you've made no difference.
1: I quit. I'm going to go work at McDonald's and get a raise. <laughs> go to work at Starbucks and get a raise and yeah. benefits. You know, and uh, and so, um, he was having that moment, and so he goes into the tavern where he's been going forever, and uh, that's usually where you you know usually taverns and bars. That's where what we would avoid as Christians in America, a lot of times that's the only place there's a restaurant or a place where you can get food. Mm-hmm. So he goes in, he's gonna get a meal, he's gonna plan his, he's gonna plan on leaving the next day. And he's telling the the lady that works behind the the, the bar and that serves the makes the food and stuff. She kind of does everything. He's telling her, after all these years, I'm giving up and she knows him well. She's known him for at least a decade. And she says, do me a favor. Walk across the room so he walks across the room, and then and she says, walk back. And he walks back, and she goes, go ahead and sit down. And uh, and uh, she said, I know what your problem is. And he goes, what's my problem? She said, you walk like a king. Huh. Your head's held up high. Your shoulders are back. You take long steps. She said, look at these people. They carry heavy loads on their backs. They take – they they even whether, even when they're not carrying a load, they're hunched over and they take small steps. And so it was that subconscious cue he started to lean forward he started to hunch over he started to take small steps and the people accepted him and he had many converts after that. Wow. That, of that moment of crisis but it was like you know he was he was right there and he's like no I don't know how this is going to work out but the lord knows and and then uh and then he lost faith you know for just for a moment and we all struggle We all
0: you know We've all been there in some some point.
1: But praise God. He gave an answer that that very day, right when he needed it the most. It gave him a solution.
0: That's amazing. And I think that's a really excellent illustration of what this means because it sounds silly to talk about, oh, Timothy had to get circumcised and, you know, because People 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 come up with all (laughs) kinds of jokes and 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 what have you. But when you really think about it, I find it to be such a powerful. Description of Timothy choosing the harder way because Paul, by asking Timothy to be circumcised, and we know that it wasn't for a religious or legalistic reason, what Paul was asking was he was asking Timothy to give up his own rights for the sake of Ooh. the gospel. He was asking Timothy to give up his own rights so that he would be able to be a vessel. For the gospel of Jesus Christ that people could actually receive and hear from.
1: Well, let's dig into that because what kind of rights, what kind of rights do we feel like we have that we are asked to lay down for the sake of the gospel? I'll go first. Okay. Comfort. Oh. Security.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, prosperity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Prosperity is given up a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think that it a lot of the rights that we're asked to give up are probably going to be dependent upon the place that we're living in, the people that God has called us to minister to. Yeah. You know, you can think, for instance, that there are communities in the United States, but even more so outside of the U.S., where something like tattoos, for instance, mm-hmm. you can make a very strong biblical argument that tattoos, as we see them in America today, um, are not sinful, are not prohibited by God, and Christian would have the right to get them. Right.
1: And I know you're thinking of that one verse in the Old Testament, and it's not talking about that. It's talking about making marks on your body to control the gods
0: yeah. and to affect the afterlife. So just go on. Yeah. So there you go. But there are many places where having tattoos will completely shut off any and all ministry opportunities. Yes. Because tattoos are either associated with um, witchcraft in certain places, in certain parts of Africa and things like that, or in a lot of places in Eastern Europe, they're associated with the mob. And so if you come in and you're trying to be a representative of Christ to them and you have tattoos that you have every right to have, that's going to shut off that ministry opportunity. Right. Or if you are ministering, um, you know, to people who have struggled with substance abuse and you say, well, it's my right to drink alcohol as long as I don't get drunk. Well, you might think about is God calling you to give up that right because you're in a position of leadership or because you have uh, people in your life that have struggled with that or you're called to minister to people that have struggled. With that?
1: I think in our, especially in Western culture, especially in American culture we're so uh individualistic in our way of seeing things that's a very greek yeah. way of seeing things that we see things through the lens of our own experience and of our own rights and we often don't stop to think about do my does my freedom cause someone else to stumble romans i believe 14 chapter 14 does my freedom cause someone else to stumble and if if we either answer i don't know or we answer yes, then we have to not exercise that freedom, yes, you know you might have the right to defend yourself uh you know verbally against an attack, someone's putting you down, someone's falsely accusing you, but does the Lord want you to take up that right? Is that following his example hmm. right because because they laid all kinds of hurled all kinds of insults at him, and he didn't defend himself
0: yeah Jesus Jesus never for his rights. No, and we know he was always in the right, and always had every right over every person to call them out for what they were doing to him.
1: No, we used to sing that song. He could have called ten thousand angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called ten thousand angels, but he died alone. For you and me, I believe it was "Victory in Jesus" is the hymn, and that's a you know that's a song, but that's a poignant point Guess. that he had the right. To call down the legions of heaven and to just bring destruction on all those who sought to kill him. But he didn't. He didn't. He knew that there had to be a penalty for sin and that there was no man alive or who would ever be alive that could pay that penalty. And so he paid it on our behalf. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's powerful. So that's something that I think we can all ask ourselves. Are there things in my life that I have the right to do? Or have or like or 14. or have yeah oh okay um are there are there those things areas where I'm exercising my rights where I should really be choosing the harder way and choosing the harder way which is to lay down certain rights that I might have right, right? you mentioned the passage in Romans but one of my favorite passages uh, is Galatians five thirteen where. Paul says, brothers, you've been called to freedom, but use not your freedom as an occasion to the flesh, but in love, serve one another. Mm -hmm. Use the freedom, use the rights that you've been given to serve your brothers, not to cause them to stumble. Right. Right. And so that's something that we really have to consider. And it's not something where we can make black and white rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because it's all going to be dependent upon the spheres that we're in. And so Paul is a perfect example of this in this issue with Timothy because he's telling the Galatians, yeah, you don't have to get circumcised. They can just become Christians. You don't have to worry about all that. But in this specific situation with Timothy, he said, Timothy, I need you to get circumcised because these are the people that you're needing to minister to. So I think that's a, a really powerful thing to consider is that Timothy chose the harder way and chose to lay down his rights from the very first day, even before he stepped foot on that boat. He chose the harder way by choosing to lay down his rights. And the last thing I think that's really important to talk about with Timothy, because there are a lot of things we can say. We can talk about the fact that he was such a faithful companion and friend to Paul, that even when Paul knew that he was going to be getting killed soon. He was asking Timothy to come and visit him and to bring him things because he knew that Timothy would do that even when other people had abandoned him. We can talk about the fact that, you know, Paul called him his beloved and faithful son. He called him his true son in the faith. And there's so many beautiful things about that relationship. But something that I really want to to focus in on before we end this episode actually starts with our key verse for this podcast, which is Second Timothy 3, verse 12, which says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Ooh, yeah. But if we go on from that and we read uh, verses 13 through 17, it says, so we'll start at 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And Paul is writing to Timothy here. And so he's basically telling Timothy in this moment, anyone who wants to live like Jesus is going to be persecuted because all these bad things are going to be happening. Evil people are going to be evil. People are going to deceive. and he's. But he's saying to him, but you, you're not going to be doing evil. You're not going to be being deceived. You're going to be standing apart because... Of the fact that you are rooted in the scriptures, and the scriptures are what have the, this power and this use for teaching and rebuke and correcting and showing the right way.
1: Well, wow, and that's just—I mean, that's wow! Because—and that I'm all excited about the scriptures now. First, to point <laughs> out to those to the theologians out there: yes, when Paul wrote this, the New Testament did not exist, so he was not. It was being written. So when he's talking about Scripture, he's talking about the Old Testament. But um, I think that we can safely expand that now because we consider the New Testament Scripture. And uh, we can still apply that. Absolutely. In principle.
0: Because Paul didn't know exactly how the New Testament was going to pan out. Right. We know that it was God who was writing through Paul. Right. And so we know that, of course, God was fully aware of what was going to be included. Well, how it would
1: be viewed in the New yeah. Testament and all that. So I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that if we want other people to be rooted in Scripture uh, and we want ourselves to be rooted in Scripture, the first thing you have to do is have a, be a Christian. The second thing you have to do is have a Bible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we are always conscious of our persecuted brothers and sisters who struggle so much for scriptures. And based on our most recent reports, we've learned that um, the the supply of Bibles since COVID in uh, Cuba has almost dried up.
0: Yeah.
1: So what we're bringing in, there's not much else coming in besides that. Uh, and the need is great. Um, and it's it's interesting that as the pastors, many of them are leaving. And again, I, I used to really condemn them, but I have to tell you that I understand that feeling of getting along going along through life and getting to a point where you're like, Lord, you know, come on, I've served you, I've given you everything. I've and and what do I have to show for it? And
0: why am I still suffering? Why am I
1: still suffering? And unfortunately, the enemy's right there in the midst of that thought process. He said, well just go ahead and leave. You can serve God in the United States, you might as well just leave. You got an opportunity. And these guys are leaving. So, I I think had they done a, had we and those around them done a better job of preparing them to walk the harder way, and helping them to understand the lessons that were learned by their forefathers when uh, the real heavy persecution was happening in Cuba. Of course, really heavy persecution is happening in China now. So there's and there's so there's some amazing leaders there, um, but. Had had they been better equipped, perhaps, uh, they would have made it. They would have been able to stay on the harder way. They might still be there. But what's interesting is that even with so many pastors fleeing, the church is experiencing revival. And it's growing. And there's a tremendous need for scriptures in, in which these folks can root themselves.
0: Because having access to scripture, which allows you then to be rooted in the scripture, that is how you get to a point where you can choose the harder way. And we see Paul saying that that's why Timothy was able to choose the harder way Mm -hmm. because he was rooted in the scriptures because remember he's being told that we were told that Timothy had a good reputation amongst the Christians had already been saved. We're also told that he had been taught the Hebrew scriptures by his mother and his grandmother before Paul even came and asked him to join in on this missionary journey, Timothy was already ready. The reason that he was able to so quickly choose the harder way and say yes was because he was already firmly rooted in the scriptures. And so Paul is telling Timothy, reminding him of that there, as well as speaking to him about future things going on in his life, right? And saying, This is why you're going to be able to withstand and not be drawn in by these deceptions and this desire to do evil that so many people have because you are firmly rooted in the scriptures. And you being rooted in the scriptures is what is going to allow you then to teach and instruct others in righteousness. But if Timothy hadn't been rooted in the scriptures from the beginning... I don't think he would have been able to choose the harder way and say yes to join Paul's missionary journey despite his ailments, despite the fear, despite the fact that Christianity was so frowned upon in that day. I don't think he would have been able to say yes to being circumcised, to laying down his rights just so that he could be a better missionary to the Jews. I don't think he would have been able to choose that harder way over and over again if he hadn't have been rooted in the scriptures from the beginning. And that is a very, very applicable uh, principle for all of us, because that's something that we can and should all be doing.
1: Yes. And I think, and and please, please be advised. The more you try to do it, the more opposition you'll get, Mm. right? Because you're leveling up, you're getting better at it. You're getting stronger at it. You're growing in it. So uh, uh, pray for us as we continue on in the harder way uh we'll pray for you and uh we want to encourage you to be praying for your persecuted brothers and sisters around the world Uh, especially right now as our economy is is is, uh struggling in the west and everybody's really feeling the pinch um the uh, a lot of folks are forgetting that uh, we still got to get bibles to the persecuted church so we want to encourage you to uh, uh to pray uh, for um, every aspect of, of uh, ministry, from meeting the right people, to staying out of trouble, to getting visas, to getting our passports, you know, having our passports uh, all in order, to getting plane tickets, to uh, getting into the countries, to, um, you know, our being able to eat once in a while, a food that won't make us sick, or being able to survive the sickness, you know, the missionary prayer, Lord, I'll get it down, you keep it down, Um and uh, being, you know, accommodations, um, and that we'd get back in one piece if it's the Lord's will. And then we'd get as many Bibles in as possible. So as the Lord brings it to mind, just pray for every single detail or aspect of what you imagine that might be. And uh, please know that the power of the righteous is effective, and your prayers make a huge difference. You're not praying alone. Uh, So be praying with us.
0: Yes, we are so thankful for all of your prayers. I hope that today's episode and the testimony of Timothy was encouraging to all of you. And uh, I would encourage all of you to join us back again next week. Because next week will be a very special episode. Because next week is episode 50 of the Heartbreak Podcast. Wow. So that is that is quite a milestone for the Harder Way podcast. 50 episodes. I've had
1: 50 conversations with you in your lifetime now.
0: This is the only time we actually talk to <laughs> you guys. We live
1: in
0: all the right. same house and we just walk by each other and mm-hmm. we save up all the conversations exactly. for these 30-minute increments once a week.
1: All right, goofball. Okay, listen, God bless you all and uh, stay on the Harder Way. Pray for each other, pray for us, and we will catch you next week.
0: episode 50. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.